0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. On today, we got a hustle. The game is coming up very soon here at 3.45 p.m. Quick turnaround. Those West Coast games are really hard to record afterwards, so I apologize that this has been coming out later on in the mornings the last couple of days, but we'll get to it. We'll break down the Reds' loss, 7-6 loss to the Giants at Oracle Park last night. I got a lot of thoughts on that. The good, the bad, and the ugly is coming up here. And we might take a quick look at Johnny Cueto. I think we all know who he is. We all have a pretty good familiarity with him. But we'll just check up on how Johnny's been doing here lately. That's coming up here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you don't already follow the podcast, make sure. That you do on whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone for comments, questions, reactions, all that good stuff. 513-549-0159. So the Reds lost to the Giants in game two of the series out in San Francisco last night. It was really uh, different. It was a strange game. In fact, it was the first time ever that four home runs were hit in the first inning at Oracle Park, which is kind of remarkable. It all has to do that. You've probably heard it on the broadcast a couple of times, but they closed up the openings in the outfield wall on right field where people were used to people. Uh, used to be able to stand there and watch the game. They didn't even have to have a ticket. They could be walking by on the sidewalk and be able to stand there and just watch the game. Oh, for COVID reasons, they decided to close that up. What happened was it stopped the jet stream of air that made it really hard to hit home runs in Oracle Park. So they, they went crazy last year, did the Giants and the opponents that went to the stadiums, and the Reds have been going crazy here these past couple of games as well. But yeah, first time ever in the history of the ballpark that they hit four home runs in the first inning. Two of them came from the Reds, and this is where we will start the good. Joseph Daniel Votto followed up his splash ball a night, or two nights ago with a home run the opposite way last night. And I called it on Twitter, the Oppo Moppo. If you haven't checked out the article in The Athletic, I shared it at Jeff Carr with three Fs. It is phenomenal. C. Trent Rosecrans and a couple other writers collaborated by talking with 14 former teammates of Joey Votto and just kind of pegged him as a person. So far as his quirks, what he likes, what he dislikes, all that good stuff. One of the things he likes is to mop. And uh, shout out to Pardon the Punctuation podcast. They uh, hit up Locked On Reds on Twitter and I'm like, hey, uh, maybe we should change it from a series sweep to a series mop. I kind of like that, <laughs> and in the in the cheesiest of ways, but I, I love it. And Joey going yard last night, I, I'm calling it now. If he goes opposite field, you know, you, you always get people calling it an oppo taco. Well, for Joey, it's an apo mopo. Yeah, I know, that's kind of cheesy, whatever. It was a good night for him, and Mike Mustakis followed him up two batters later with a splash ball of his own. The Reds go, ever since Oracle Park was open, they didn't have a splash ball home run in McCovey Cove, and then Monday night, Joey gets him one, and then Moose gets number two on Tuesday night. That was a, it was just a Blast off of Kevin Gossman, and you're looking at it in the top of the first. You're like, four runs in the top of the first off Kevin Gossman? This is going to be a great night. We're going to talk about uh, the rest of that and the rest of that thought in the next segment, Uh, but I want to finish up on the good because you also had some nice at-bats from one Nicholas Castellanos, including an RBI double that was just a bomb. He still looks every bit the part of one of the best hitters on this team. And it's interesting because uh, Red Reporter tweeted this out. They're like, I don't know who the best player on this team is. Castellanos has an argument. I don't know that I would say that he is the best player on this team. But there, are, there are a number of guys that could be counted on. On a night in, night out basis. Gino, I feel like should be that guy. This this should be the time when A. Eugenio Suarez is the unquestioned star of this team, and he did have a hit last night. His average is creeping back up for people that like to freak out about early season batting averages. It's creeping back up there. But overall, I, I still think that there is an argument to be made for a couple of guys. You're looking at Gino. You're looking at Castellanos, you could probably make an argument for Moose, and you can definitely make an argument for Jesse Winker. And then if you want to throw pitchers into the mix, obviously Luis Castillo. Last night, notwithstanding. And we're going to talk about why it's notwithstanding here in just a minute. But before we do that, let's take a built Bar break. Crack open a beautiful built Bar. Those things taste amazing. I am not lying. They are the best protein bar on the market. They taste like a candy bar. Check out Built Bar today. Go to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. There's a reason that I love them so much. They taste amazing. Just had a banana cream puff bar the other night. I talked about churro puff bars before. They taste like Three Musketeers. This was a little bit different, but still very, very tasty. Low in sugar, low in fat, high in protein, it's not going to break your diet and it's going to fit right into the expectation of, hey, I just need a snack. Built Bar is the way to go. Go to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15. Get all your sports news in 20 minutes or less with the Locked On Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. You can find the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app and get your sports news each and every day. That way you're in the know, or you can also find it on whatever podcasting app you've got. The Locked On Today podcast. All right, so we talked about the good. The good was the hitting. The hitting scored six runs. The bad was the pitching. Now, don't get me wrong, Luis Castillo settled down. He he actually finished the night with a respectable seven strikeouts, but the bottom of the first was, oi. So for every bit of damage that the Reds did in the top of the first inning, the Giants matched them. Two two-run home runs in the bottom of the first inning off Luis Castillo and everybody thought this was bizarro world because coming into the game, i I, I built it as a heavyweight pitching matchup. You're looking at Luis Castillo and Kevin Gossman, both teams' opening day starters. They were both teams' opening day starters for a reason. This isn't like four years ago when Scott Feldman started opening day for the Reds. It's not that situation. We all know the talent that Luis Castillo has. He just wasn't all there last night. And actually, it was interesting because in the post game, David Bell talked about they were a little bit off the battery mates of Luis Castillo and Tucker Barnhart. According to the scouting report, both guys kind of interpreted it differently, and it took them a minute to get in sync. And while they were getting in sync, the Giants took advantage of them for four runs. And then they were able to add one in the bottom of the second. Once they finally got it down... Luis Castillo was shutting down that Giants lineup, but they did plenty of damage before he was able to do that. Seven hits, four earned runs, two homers. And I even said this on Twitter. I know that not every pitching performance that a a guy gets out there on the mound, he's not always going to have pristine uh, numbers. He's not going to have a good night. He's not going to always go out and throw a quality start. We kind of figure Luis Castillo is going to do it more often than not, though. I'm not worried about him. I was happy to see him recover, but man, that was frustrating to see in the first inning because you just had so many good vibes. You're like, yes, the Reds are going to win this game. They're going to win this series. And baseball showed you why. It's a nine-inning game and not a one-inning game or a half-inning game. Yeah. Which, speaking of the seven strikeouts, the uh, parade of relievers, which we'll talk about, here in just a minute, uh, that came in, added on five more strikeouts. So the Reds had 12 strikeouts last night, and a little bit of a PSA for you on the late, late night games like that, and they're still doing it on the road. I think you probably heard this ad before, but La Rosa still has that strikeout for slices thing going on, even while they're on the road. And these West Coast games are pretty interesting for that, because I texted after the game, Probably I'd say 20 minutes after the game and I was still able to get through and get a pizza. So if you're looking to take advantage of that, uh, the roses deal with the 11 strikeouts and strikeout for slices that they now do on road games as well. You just text reds to five, one, three, three, four, seven, and you'll get yourself a free pizza when they're on the West coast. Heck, it might be a situation that if you're sleeping, And maybe you wake up to go get a drink of water or something like that. And if it dawns on you, hey, I could text that number at like 3 or 4 in the morning, you could probably get a free pizza. Because normally, that that thing is shut down. Those 2,000 free free pizzas are gone immediately after a regularly scheduled game. But on these West Coast games, there's a little bit of a loophole there. Anyway, that was just a random thought from a guy who uh, loves pizza. But pizza, pizza's not bad. It's good. And while we're on the subject of bad, this is actually going to be a little bit of a um, opposite uh, opposite day kind of thing, because normally you would expect we're talking about the Reds, we're talking about a loss, we're talking about the bad, so I guess we're probably going to talk about the fielding. Not so fast, my friend. They actually had a pretty nice day in the field. There were a couple of plays that you could have seen go either way, but it wasn't as if there were egregious errors out in the field for this Reds team. I think after the first 10 games, we were a little bit worried that every so often the defense was just going to explode, and there's still that possibility, but that was not the case last night. In fact, Joey Votto made a very nice couple of stretches. I remember seeing some good plays from him, some nice plays from Jonathan India. Eugenio Suarez looked comfortable. It was a nice night for the defense, so uh, faked you out there. Bad. Not the defense, all right. We are going to talk about what was uh very just uh, here in a moment. Before we do, though, I want to take a look at a couple of lines and give you a couple of tips to make you a few bucks over at betonline.ag on today's games. There's a couple of baseball games I'm looking at today one favor and one is a favorite, and one is an underdog. That I think you can make some money on today at betonline.ag. The favorite is the Phillies. Yesterday they got embarrassed. Doubleheader sweep by the Mets over the Phillies. And today the Phillies got Zach Wheeler on the mound. I think they're gonna get back on the winning train. You can take the money line with the Phillies. It's at minus one fourteen. And just in case you're unfamiliar, if you put ten bucks on a minus one fourteen and the Phillies win, you'll win eight dollars and seventy-seven cents. Or you know, just do math from there, but 10 bucks is my default example. Then you've also got an underdog that I like in the Miami Marlins. You're going to look at the pitching matchup and think I'm nuts, but I think that the Marlins can get one on Charlie Morton today. Charlie Morton's been getting a little bit lucky, has not allowed a long ball yet, and Adam Duvall has been hitting the ball out of the ballpark like they're going out of style. I think the Marlins get a win today. Their money line is a crazy value. So it's something that's a crazy value that you would even be interested in, maybe if you're not that sure that the Marlins win, because if they do win, you can get some bucks back. They're plus 205. So if you put $10 on that, you're going to win 20 if the Marlins win today, and I think they will. And if you have not already set up your profile at betonline.ag and you want to get in on the action today, head on over to betonline.ag and when you're setting up your profile, enter the promo code locked on. You'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit. That's right, that's 50% more just to make some money off of your sports knowledge. Head on over to betonline.ag today. Set up your profile and type in the promo code locked on to get 50% more added onto your initial deposit. BetOnline.ag in the promo code locked on. If you're in a fantasy baseball league, I got some advice for you to help you win your league. Listen to Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Scott Cullen takes his decades of experience with fantasy baseball and combines it with a data driven approach to help you win the waiver wire and to help you win your league. Check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we talked about the good, we talked about the bad. And if you're a fan of the Western, you know what's coming next. We're talking about the ugly. And we are talking about the bullpen. Oh my gosh. Now, I want to preface this. I want to start this by saying that last night I got a little frustrated. Because I was frustrated with this game. And I wasn't sure what the heck was going on in David Bell's mind. Taking out Lucas Sims and putting in Cam Bedrosian. I get it. I slept on it. I thought about it. I get it. I understand why he brought him in. He has got to figure out who he can trust because he knows he can trust Lucas Sims. He knows he can trust Amir Garrett, and he knows he can trust TJ Antone. TJ Antone threw three and two-thirds the night before. He was definitely not available tonight. I thought it was interesting that Amir Garrett didn't get into this game, but that's for another day. I, I, I was kind of beside myself at the idea of not leaving your best dude in there in the tightest situation, but I do kind of understand it. I I was set straight a little bit by Carlos Guevara, who actually did the work. He was actually a relief pitcher, and he said when a relief pitcher gets up to throw just three pitches, even though it only says three pitches, still feels like a full outing for him, still feels like a taxing like 20 pitches or something like that for a relief pitcher. So I get that. I understand it. Carlos, appreciate you giving me some perspective there. Because when I looked at it, I really thought Lucas Sims should have came out for the eighth. And instead, they had Cam Bedrosian come in. And Cam Bedrosian was able to make everything super interesting and load the bases and not give up a run. So the ends, I guess, justify the means. If you look at the box score, he had two strikeouts, which were pretty awesome, but he also gave up two walks and a hit, which is why the bases were loaded in the first place. And it was frustrating because that was added on top of what was the sixth and the seventh inning. The Reds used five relief pitchers in a game that Luis Castillo started. Luis Castillo only went five innings. He threw quite a few pitches in those five innings and they all looked like pretty heavy labor, at least early on they were heavy labor pitches. He, he did settle in, like I said, but, by the time that he had settled in, he'd already used quite a few pitches to get to that point. So I understood why they took him out after five. But in the general scheme of things, as we're moving forward through this season, if we are constantly saying that Luis Castillo started and the Reds still used five relief pitchers in that same game, that's not a good look. And I think that part of it was David Bell was trying to figure out who else he can trust, who else he can go to, other than Lucas Sims and Amir Garrett, because those guys can't have 200 gajillion billions innings pitched this year. It's just not going to work. That doesn't work on a normal year. Certainly not going to work on a year where they just got out of a 60-game season. So he brings in Sean Doolittle. And Sean Doolittle looks okay for the first batter, and then he gives up a home run, the home run that ties the game. And then he gives up some more hits. And David Bell goes to the bullpen, and he brings in Carson Fulmer, the guy that I've been advocating for to get some more high leverage situation pitching chances. And he did; he gets his chance. He has inherited runners though, and he allows one of those to score, so the the run gets charged to Sean Doolittle. But it was really Carson Fulmer that gave it up. Fulmer does get out of the sixth though, so the Reds are down one. They're able to tie it in the top of the seventh with some. Craziness. I mean, Alex Blandino hit like a bloop pop into left center field, and you had two Giants converging. It looked like from one angle they could catch it, and then they showed a different camera angle, and it showed like they weren't going to get to it, but it was still kind of interesting to see them run into each other. And then the Reds score after that. That's just a funny little thing. But then in the bottom of the seventh, the Reds decide to go with CNL Perez, who I have been an advocate for, who I've really liked. And I might be off that train now because he came in and he couldn't find the strike zone. I'm a pretty laid back guy. There's not a whole lot in life that bothers me. There's a couple of things that do, though. There's a couple of things that just really just just grind my gears when you're on vacation and you're at the beach and it rains. I hate that because the whole point when you're at the beach is to be out on the beach. And if it's raining, then you could be out on the beach, but you're going to be all wet. You're not gonna enjoy it that much. So I hate that. Second thing I hate is in the morning, whenever you go to pour a bowl of cereal, you got your cereal in the bowl, and then you go into the fridge and you don't have any milk. Or even worse, you figured out that the milk's expired. That that sucks. I hate that. And the third thing that I hate is relief pitchers that walk people. What on earth? And I don't hate the person, I I should amend that. I hate it when relief pitchers come into the game and walk people. I I cannot stand that. That that it was like nails on a chalkboard last night while I was watching CNL Perez pitch because yeah, he's got stuff, but he can't control it. He doesn't have command of it. He has great velocity, he has great movement, he has great spin. He cannot find the strike zone. And that is a super super problem. No matter if it's April, if it's May, if it's September, if it's the playoffs, especially if it's the playoffs, that's a crazy problem. Sino Perez right now, from what I've seen in his last couple of outings, should not be on this team very much longer. He should be in A trying to figure out what is going on, and maybe that's not something he can figure out. I don't know, but that is not a relief pitcher that I want David Bell calling on a lot, and maybe he has to figure that out. Maybe he's going to give him at least one more outing to figure that out. Hopefully it's in an outing where the Reds are ahead by a lot. But in pressure-packed situations, I cannot stand. Whenever a reliever comes in and gives up bases on balls, and that's exactly what CNL Perez did. The Reds had four total walks last night. Two of them were CNL Perez and two of them were Cam Bedrosian. And that is why I was going off so much on Twitter and that's why people were probably wondering about my mental health at that point because I was looking at this and I was CNL Perez had just broke me down at that point in the game and then Cam Bedrosian came in and started doing the same stuff and it was so frustrating to see like a cereal bowl with cereal and no milk to put in it that is how frustrated I was last night. That, oh, All right, well, the Reds have a shot today to get the series in the rubber match. They're just going to have to do it against one of Reds country's favorite people, one of our favorite players that have left and continued on in his career, and that is Johnny Cueto. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably not going to be tweeting a whole lot during this game, just because I'm going to be all up in my feels, I love Johnny Cueto. I miss him. I kind of wish that the Reds could have kept him. I know that there is no logical situation in which that would have happened. I mean, you could probably have said that they went back and gave Homer Bailey's deal to Johnny Cueto, but at the time that they signed Homer Bailey, Johnny Cueto was thought of to be injury prone. But he's had a pretty good start to his season. He's got 14 and a third innings pitch and two starts and he has not given up a homer. He's given up four earned runs total with 14 strikeouts and walked exactly four people. And if you saw on Twitter the other day, uh baseball Twitter was all a buzz about the pitch where he was trying to throw off the hitter's timing and he was shimmying and he was rocking back and forth and he was dancing on the mound while he was in the middle of his motion. And it just looked fantastic. And all the baseball Twitter didn't know what to do with it. And all of us Reds fans were sitting there saying, yeah. Yeah, we know. He, he's he been doing that for years. You guys been watching? So uh, I kind of hope we see some of that today because that's going to be a lot of fun. And, of course, Tyler Malley is on the mound. He had a little bit of control issues in his last start. So hopefully that's not the case today. Hopefully he can be sharp because... Going from the Wade Miley and TJ Antone experience to what we saw last night was just, I I hope we don't see that again today. And hopefully the Reds can get a win on getaway day and get back here for the Indian series and win that series too but that's going to do it for us here today thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast if you don't already follow it follow the podcast on whatever podcasting provider you're currently listening to also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159 right, I'm going to go hit the links before today's game hope all of you have a great Wednesday and let's get this series win I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.